Good morning, and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlos. I'm Kelly. Good morning, I'm Karen. We're going to start off with show notes today. We mm-hmm. have our Evening with Medium events coming up on December 13th. Um, that is sold out. It's been sold Ooh. out since August 26th. You guys are incredible. Yeah. We have not Thanks. yet announced our 2020 dates, but stay with us. We'll definitely be doing that in time for Christmas so that you can... Give us as a gift. I think that still feels so exciting for us to say. Mm. Um, We never stop being thankful for that. Mm. It's your turn. (laughs) Just enthralled listening. Yeah. Okay. Sips of Sanity is a second podcast series that we have. These are five quick little 10 to 15 minute shows. We pick a theme on spiritual and emotional intelligence, and you need both. You can't get through life thinking you're just a spiritual person. So you need both of those tools. And you can listen to the very first show for free. That is still available on the website by Sarlo.com, or as Kelly likes to tell me now, by Sarlo. And um, if you're looking for the other four shows because you just find us that damn funny or that we actually are doing some good shit and helping you through life, then you can go to patreon.com or Patreon and you can access the other four shows there. Yeah, and Coffee with the Sarlos, I'll I'll say just kind of in one fell swoop, you can still listen to for free. So if you're joining Mm -hmm. us by audio, that's great. Um, But we do offer video format now. If you are with us on Patreon, hopefully you're watching us and that's fantastic. So thank you. Um, That is a paid either by donation or by subscription platform. And everything that you do for us helps us uh, be able to continue providing you with this content. So thank Mm you. Mm -hmm. It's huge. So back into our spiel, we also have um, Mm -hmm. gift certificates and personal sessions available. You can purchase those through the website. Um, I shouldn't say that. You can request them through the website and purchase them through us. So go to buysarlo.com for that, or you can call us directly as well. Those sessions can be gifted and received from anywhere in the world via Skype, FaceTime, telephone, or Zoom. Awesome. Good. Start the show. Take it away. Okay. Um, So... This topic comes today uh, about intuition and leadership. Intuition, I'll say in the in the workforce, in your career, and you know what, Kelly, maybe just overall in terms that intuition is in every part of your life because that's what we are as a human being. Mm-hmm. Was it Patricia Evans? I can't remember which psychologist or psychiatrist was on back in 2017 that first brought up that, I'll say that, not the concept, but the fact that it's one quarter of our human experience, like our physical is, our emotional, that our intuition is one quarter. Mm-hmm. So if we if we want to deny that experience and you know put it neatly in a box and suppress it, then we never really live a full life. We never access the totality of who we are. So when we say something's missing or somebody says, Mm, I just can't connect to you anymore. I want out of this relationship. Or a boss says, mm, you're just not doing it for me anymore. And we don't understand the why. Well, part of the why is that if you're not connected and using your own intuition, you're not all of yourself. You're not offering everything. Mm. You're not connecting. You're not connecting to yourself and you're not connecting to the people around you in what neuroscience refers to and quantum physics refers to as the quantum field. Mm -hmm. So if you're shutting down your intuitiveness, you're shutting down your field. 
So I do this wheel of life activity with life coaching clients Mm -hmm. and we go over different areas of their life and you literally put it on a wheel and you kind of rate your satisfaction levels with the different areas of your life. Right. And one of those spokes in the wheel is personal connection. And Mm. this person the other day just... Un- unknownst to them or unbeknownst to them was like, oh, those those are my connections with everyone in life. I love my 10 out of 10, you know, personal connections. And I was like, actually, personal connection means the connection to your own self. <laughs> I can't even recreate the face that she made. And she was like, well, what? What? What is that? What do you mean connected to myself? And I was like, yeah. I'm going to need to replan or do a new proposal because if that's where we're starting from... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we're not going to get done what I thought we were going to get done, and that's okay. That's okay because I think for at mm. least the northwestern part of the world, mm. that is a completely new concept mm-hmm. to think that we even have to try to be t- connected to ourselves. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. Mm-hmm. And and I I totally understand that people all over the world would say in all different cult- cultures, excuse me, or religions would agree. That whether education does it to us and teaches a, teaches us that it's just science-based, it has to be factual or I can't believe it. And it's, it's almost like in some places that facts or science has become like another god. It's like I'm not allowed to believe that because, you know, I'm a skeptic. I believe in facts. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, that's only a quarter of your experience. So like, what are you doing with the other parts of your brain then? Mm -hmm. So you've just fried the other parts of your brain. You've just shut them down. And I think that that's sort of someone's ignorance of saying, well, I'm really proud that I only use three quarters of my brain. (laughs) And it's kind of like, really, sweetie, you're bragging about that? Mm -hmm. Like... And they do. They even attack and make fun of the people that are using more of their brain's abilities, mm-hmm. thinking that that's stupid. And because cultures, religions, schools, girlfriend groups, all kinds of things make fun of it, they don't realize how unintelligent they are when they do those things. Mm-hmm. Totally missing the boat, showing their ignorance. It's almost comical. Yeah. I follow a number of um, social media accounts, especially on Facebook. And I try and follow a lot of like, not positive psychology stuff, but just lighthearted pages, right? Like Mm -hmm. a lot of animal videos that just make you feel happy and feel the good feels. Um, And there's one particular one that I follow that's a lot of um, quantum physics. Mm -hmm. And they will post or repost things from a scientific journal Mm that finally have caught up to what quantum physics can do Mm -hmm. um, and has known for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. And so I'll read the title of these articles. And and I just, I used to feel infuriated at first. Mm -hmm. And now I find myself reading them going, oh, that's nice. They're catching up. Oh, exactly. Instead of just being angry that if you couldn't see it, you couldn't believe it or chose not to, however you want to say that. Well, if you even think about that and you brag that you're a science-based person, if you even think about that, what you're saying makes no sense. Mm -hmm. Because if you actually 
really know about Madame Curie or Einstein or any of these people. That is exactly what they did was follow their intuition. Mm -hmm. Einstein bragged that when he got his best moments of clarity, when he discovered things for science, it was when he was daydreaming. Like out of body. Yeah. Yeah. It was when he was being shamanic Mm -hmm. or a shaman and just doing his journeying or whatever we want to call it, using his intuitiveness, meditating, all of these different terms that we use. Mm -hmm. This is when they, all of these science-based people actually came up with all of their ideas to do something or to research something. Mm -hmm. And then they sat down in front of a microscope, continuing to use their intuition to figure out how to do that under a microscope. I think too, another component that I really, I love talking about is not just the intuition, but the part of us that remains curious Yeah, because you can have your out-of-body experience, you can have your journey, your meditation where these ideas are floating around and you have your aha, but like you say, you go back to the microscope and you don't think this is the way it is, or you're not Mm -hmm. trying to prove your own theory. You go back to it with genuine curiosity to just see what happens? Well, right? and some science people don't. Some of them actually don't. And that's when they actually do studies where later another scientist disproves their study is incorrect mm-hmm. because they wanted it to be factual. Mm-hmm. They wanted it to be within certain boundaries mm-hmm. and they forced it instead of remaining curious and intuitive. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think it's a good challenge to put out there for these people who create this argument and say, well, you know, I don't believe in all of that. I'm science-based. And and I sit there and I think, oh, you're so ignorant. But I'm not going to say it to them that way. I think what part of what I'm trying to say today is that we have to have healthy conversations with these people. Mm-hmm. We have to be able to help them come out of their box. Because if we don't learn how to do that... They think that they're right in their little boxes. And I think in order to bring them into the conversation or to have them become a little bit more curious than they've allowed to be, we have to find ways to create that conversation. Cool. So I can I ask a question? It's going to come out really ignorant. Yeah. Which will be totally in alignment with this yeah. conversation. What's the point of today? <laughs> Sorry, I know what we're talking. <laughs> That's just perfect. Well, and some people are going to laugh because they're going to be like, "Kelly's the one that really, like, really wants to know the point and brings it back to the point, and you do the storytelling." So, w- what am I supposed to be navigating? We're talking about intuition, yes, and we're talking about using it in all aspects of our life. Okay, and part of it was in leadership. Okay, because when I say leadership. People automatically, typically think leadership means in the work environment, Mm -hmm. but there's leadership in your home. Mm -hmm. There's leadership in partnership with just with your best friend. There's leadership in friend groups. Mm -hmm. And I think to to go along with what you're saying, a lot of people will assume that leadership means there's a hierarchy. Yes. And that leadership can be amongst coworkers who don't hold different positions or different roles. Mm -hmm. It's just that you kind of emerge either ahead to lead or fall in line with, Mm -hmm. um, but either trust your leadership skills or trust the person leading you, right? Mm -hmm. So it doesn't have to be a hierarchy. It can be on the same level. I like what you pointed out because you could have somebody who's clearly in leadership. Mm -hmm. That could be the teacher. That could be, you know, whatever, whatever it is. A person in your friend group is known to be sort of like the leader of the group. 
but you still have to trust your intuition for yourself. Mm-hmm. And when you do and you share it, if that is a really good leader in that group, they will listen to your intuition. Mm-hmm. A good leader is a good listener. Mm-hmm. There's somebody that's always open to change. They're, they're curious, as you said earlier, where's the curiosity? Leaders have to have good qualities or they're, they, they're terrible. They're good observers too. Good leaders are good observers because like mm-hmm. you say, they have to be able to step back from what they are doing or what they're trying to achieve to see what the team is doing Yeah, and to notice when someone else on that team is using their intuition, is attempting to yeah. lead as well, yeah. right? And to be able to step back and go, I'm going to see where this goes. I'm going to mix curiosity with observation and see if that person can kind of take off from where I've led them to this point. True leadership, true mentorship, mm-hmm. right? And, and you're describing giving up control. Mm-hmm. So I think this brings to mind when people say, well, I'm science, well, you know, I'm all about the proof. It's just, it has to be factual for me. They're liars. Mm-hmm. Those people don't follow just facts and just truth in all aspects of their life. They're flat out lying to your face. And that's their method of control in the moment. Oh, okay, good. Very. I, I didn't spoil it. I edited last week's show, and I saw where you called me out on being the spoiler or the jumper, and I told people I felt that was my role. But I feel like we didn't let me jump, so that's fine. Yeah. So when a person interrupts or say there's a group of friends and somebody's talking and says, oh, I went to see you know, a medical intuitive, and maybe in that session that medical intuitive was able to pinpoint the pain in the neck or the pelvic pain and was able to say, well, you need a pelvic physiotherapist and gave them the information, or you have a tumor. And now they can follow up. They can get their affirmations from science. They can, and if that's all correct, good. Maybe they're going to find it soon and they're going to get healthy. They're going to get the right protocol, right? Mm -hmm. It's all good. But imagine sitting down if you're just showing up on a Thursday night and your friends are having pizza night or something, and you sit down to say, I went out and I saw a medical intuitive. And it's, oh, I don't believe in any of that shit. What, what, what are you doing? First of all, no one asked you. That's right. But what are, you, what are you doing that your own opinion about something you know nothing about, you haven't developed on your own whatsoever, mm-hmm. and you think you have the right to say to another person who's just had this experience and say, oh, I'm going to dismiss everything you've done. I dismiss you. Mm-hmm. I dismiss any value to it. And I don't want to hear it in the future. Mm-hmm. And then say your friend goes off and she sees the doctor. Let's say just in this example that that's correct. And now you're actually getting help for your tumor. Do you really want to tell your friend? Do you really want to share it with the group? Mm-hmm. When the response has been, my opinion is more important than your health? Well, I'll argue that some people do. Some people do if they're engaged in a friend group where mm-hmm. control is the fun, control is the point, mm-hmm. and it isn't that one person runs the show, it's that they're mm-hmm. all fighting for control at all mm-hmm. times, and that's the high, is the fight. Oh, Jesus. Then, yeah, they would. They would want to prove their point. They would yeah. want to say, I'm doing this, and it worked, and haha, you're the idiot, yeah. right? They're engaged in, in different kinds of verbal abuse. You dismissed me, I'm going to verbally abuse you in a different way now. Right. Right. I know those groups. Mm-hmm. And they exist. It's not just that there's a ringleader and a bunch of people pleasers. Yeah. I had dinner with that group. Okay. 
one summer day. Well, and I think we ha- we work with those people, and yeah. we you know we shop from those people, and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. We we all know them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ugly. Mm-hmm. But I think, yeah. and you asked the question, what are you doing? And I think that's a great question. Mm-hmm. I think another great question is, what are you adding? What are you contributing <laughs> to the relationship at that point? Maybe fuel. Maybe you are a friend group that runs on fueling each other's ugly fires. Mm-hmm. But really and truly, what quality or value are you contributing to the relationship at that point? Yeah, and maybe none. Because as you said, maybe the group really doesn't run on good energy. It runs all on negative energy. Mm-hmm. And like when I say when I had dinner with that group one summer, um, it was one dinner. <laughs> it was, it was, I was done with that mm-hmm. because there was nothing healthy about it. So if you have high enough emotional intelligence, that when you that's when you get out of these groups, mm-hmm. whether it's in education, whether it's in a work environment, a friend group, a partner, um, whatever it is, that's when you actually have to make some healthy choices. So, and to hammer home the point now that I know what it is, is <laughs> is so that you can remain. All of who you are. Yeah. Right? Because if we're talking about leaving out intuitive intelligence and only being a third of who you are or a quarter, then you can actually contribute to more of your total being. Right. Because if you're leaving those pieces of yourself out for for the group or for the bullies, mm-hmm. because that's bullying, mm-hmm. then when you don't know who you are in some other aspect of your life, that's why. So if we can kind of go back to, as you said, the point of the show, one of the points of the show that I was hoping to get through for today for people listening is simply how do you deal with these people? Because I've identified, we both have identified, that these people who talk about it just being science-based are actual bullies. Mm-hmm. And so if you're going to open up your own gifts or just just engage in your own intuitiveness, that other quarter of your experience here on earth, then you might have to know what your lines are when that friend group does that behavior. You might have to be prepared to be able to say things to them like, well, if you're saying that you don't believe in intuitiveness, do you not use your own? Do you not have your own examples? Did you not have intuitiveness for your own baby when you were parenting? Mm -hmm. Do you... Can you think of some examples when intuitiveness helped you in your own career? What about when you were trying to pick your career? Did you not follow some intuition or was it just that your parents pushed you into a particular career? Or someone told you you were good at that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's an awesome point because that can help that person understand, wow, these are the ways I did disconnect from my own intuition. Mm -hmm. People said I would be a good teacher, so I went into teaching instead of listening to my own intuition that I thought I was going to be good at being a nurse or I thought mm-hmm. I was going to be good at being um, a recreational therapist or something or a massage therapist. I, I'm not doing what I wanted to do or what I thought I would be good at. Mm-hmm. And that might explain why I'm really angry and dislike my job. Or tired. Yeah. yeah. Or just feel like I have no energy for anything in my life, mm-hmm. even the relationships. And boy, did that ever spiral. Mm-hmm. Didn't like... The fact that I went into a career I really don't think I'm supposed to be in, 
And now I'm realizing that I really don't like my kids. I don't like my partner. I don't, I don't, I don't, right? And you can't really figure out why you're unhappy in so many things. You think it's just because you hate the job. But we're trying to go deeper into all of those things today to say the way to come out of that is to go back into knowing who you are. And you do that by paying attention to what your intuition says Mm -hmm. and what it feels. And that's one of the things that people shut down when they don't want to pay pay attention to intuitiveness is what they feel. I want to go back to, because you were talking about having to know your boundaries, that if you mm-hmm. are in a group like this, you may have to say to someone or push back and say, um, you know, have you not used your own intuition? Mm-hmm. You know, where in your life have you have mm-hmm. you done this or used this or dismissed it, like you said? But I think one of the biggest problems is that people suck at this, right? It comes out as an attack rather mm-hmm. than a let's open a conversation, you know, and have a dialogue. It's, well, you know, it's just aggressive, Instead of genuine questions. Yeah. And what we're trying to say today is ask your questions with genuine curiosity. Yeah. You know, where you can say to somebody, geez, you know, intuition is part of our experience. Neuroscience is proving that scientifically. So finally. Yeah. So why do you discredit that part of science? So when you say you're science based, are you just in one area of science? Are you pushed and poked into one corner. Are you staying current (laughs) with science? Right. Because if you're staying current with it, then you would know that medical intuitives and synesthetes and all these things are all scientifically proven. Mm -hmm. And that governments use these people. Industries use these people. They get paid. They're called consultants. And highly paid consultants use their intuition They go on their hunch. We want a financial advisor that doesn't just look at the sheets, but trusts their gut. We pay, the the biggest grossing individuals are our athletes, and we pay them to be skilled, but also use their intuition and find a beautiful balance between the two. Yeah, I think that's a wonderful example. And anyone listening in another part of the world who's like, you what now? They get the most money? Yes, we know it's fucked up. But we're trying to make a point that we value intuition more than we think we do or more than mm-hmm. we say we do. Kelly, we value the intuitiveness in police officers that are detectives that have to follow their hunches. We Surgeons? Va- I was just going to say, we should value it in our doctors, our nurses, mm-hmm. our healthcare practitioners. We should value it in our teachers who we want them to follow their hunches about what our children need and not just go by what a system says our kids need. Mm-hmm. We want... So many people, healthcare professionals, I, I just go on and on. I want my web developer to follow their intuitiveness, to know what we need to move our brand. And they're listening right now, so that's great. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. So if we go back to our main point again, then one of the points I also want to make has to do with changing our language. And you and I talk about that whenever we do workshops. Mm-hmm. One of the first things that we talk about is changing your language. Instead of saying, oh, that was freaky. Oh, that was weird. Oh, that 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 scared me. Mm-hmm. We have to change our language to, that was delightful. That was fun. That was interesting. That was intriguing. Yeah, that yeah. was magical. And there's nothing wrong with magical. We want things to be magical in our lives. We want a cure to be magical. 
We want the swish for the three-pointer to be magical. Mm -hmm. So it's okay for us to say and to use terms that are positive and inspiring instead of things like, ooh, that was really weird. Ooh, that gave me chills. That was freaky. And and to be fair, I do think that that part of us that uses those um, abrasive words mm-hmm. is conditioned into us because 100%. everything about our media in this side of the world is about the scare factor, the wow factor. Mm-hmm. And the biggest way we can get that is through discomfort, mm-hmm. right? Unfortunately, eh? Mm-hmm. And so we we do, we get conditioned to speak in a different way so that we gain a reaction out of other people as well, mm-hmm. right? Not realizing that while we might get the reaction we think we want out of others, you're also having your own physical reaction to your own words. Mm-hmm. And so you might say creepy and get the wow out of someone else, but you're getting the out of yourself. Mm-hmm. I always correct people. Same. Constantly. When they say, oh, that w- that w- that freaked me out. And I say, really? Or did it make you feel happy? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Did it actually give you a moment of relief? Yeah, that too. Yeah. And I try to point out, using words, the things that it actually does mm-hmm. when they say it was weird or freaky. And I say, did it give you relief? Did it make you happy? Mm-hmm. Were you able to take a deep breath finally? I try to physically point that out to them, and then I try to repeat that and repeat that during a session so that hopefully by the end, when something is making them feel those things, Mm -hmm. that they're correcting themselves. And then I try to point out to them at the end of the session. Now, when you leave here and you go out and you share this with coffee, over coffee with your friends, and they say it was weird and freaky, what are you going to say? Mm-hmm. I try to help them prepare for that. Mm-hmm. It's cueing. It's it's all conditioning and cueing. Mm-hmm. I like that. That's good. Those are good words. So I think we've kind of covered one point well in that we're saying that one excuse, I'm going to word it that way, one excuse that people say they can't be intuitive or they don't believe in it is science-based. Mm-hmm. Or what some people refer to as, I believe in facts. Mm-hmm. Another one that comes through quite often is that many people think that using your intuition means that you're being feminine and that it's not seen by men that this is a good thing or by the women who want to be taken seriously in a work environment. So they're afraid of referring to their intuition. They're afraid of saying that in a work environment because they think that they're going to be seen as females and that makes them look weak. Well, actually, to pair both of those um, belief systems or things that we're going back to, I guess, um, language and being too feminine, those are the two mm-hmm. different points. Um, I think men use different language. I went with my gut, and it seems to be yep. acceptable, right? Yes. And it's, it's aggressive or it's, it's firm. And when we say, I'm using my intuition, it's a different language experience. We have a different reaction to it based on the perception of what intuition is versus gut and they're the same damn thing. Yes. And that if a woman says, I'm using my gut, quite often people still are thinking, oh, oh. But like you made the point, if a man says he's using his gut, they think, oh, he's smart. Oh, he's got an edge. Also, he's confident. Also, mm-hmm. he trusts himself, mm-hmm. right? There's, there's a whole different acceptable energy. Yeah. And we have to make sure that we don't allow that to continue. Mm -hmm. 
we have to be able to be confident enough within ourselves to say that's unacceptable. And that's okay. It's okay to word it that way. And it's okay to challenge it like that too. Mm -hmm. And that we have to feel confident in work environments for men and women to say, whether you call it my gut or my intuition, whether I'm wearing, you know, I was going to say boxers or panties. (laughs) Blue or red or blue or pink. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That it doesn't matter what what words we're using around it, we have to recognize that both sides of the table need to use the very same thing. Mm-hmm. And we want to put all of that stuff out on the table. Mm-hmm. We want facts on the table. We want reasoning on it. And we want intuition. We want creativity and options. Everything. Yeah. We want everything when we want to make good decisions for a business or a family or a relationship. Mm-hmm. I think in healthy ones where there is emotional intelligence, you put everything out there and then you play with it creatively, intuitively, with curiosity. And if you make a mistake, it's not to find criticism with the person, it's to find criticism with what is in front of you to be able to say, okay, maybe this didn't quite work. And what comes to mind here is sports again. What comes to mind is a coach that says, okay, we ran this play and it didn't work. So how do we run it differently the next time? Or do we do the same damn thing, but just change up our attitude, our energy, whatever it is? And I wanted to add to that because I like that example. You still use the same fundamentals. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's not that intuition is the fundamental component because we're still having a concrete, solid human experience mm-hmm. where we are still looking for facts. We're looking for a mm-hmm. reference system. That's what our facts are. Mm-hmm. Nothing really is factual. It's just a reference system based on what we've experienced. And that is science. And that's our foundation. That was Parker, not my stomach. <laughs> He's beneath us. You can't see him, but he's under the table. saying <laughs> hanging out with us all today. Yeah, and I think the idea of describing what a coach does, mm-hmm. wanting to access all of the abilities of every single player, a coach wants each player to know what's reasonable, to push themselves past it, to be intuitive, to pick up the energy of everybody else and feed off of the energy. They want every single aspect of the person in their totality to contribute to the team. Mm -hmm. And I think what a great example that is about wanting a whole person to show up. So an athlete gets to wake up every morning and go, yay, I get to be a whole person and nobody's going to make fun of me. As a matter of fact, they're going to clap for me, they're going to cheer for me, and they're going to give me a damn good paycheck. Screw the rest of you. It's like you get to do that only in certain areas or in certain fields, and you're made fun of by your friends or by other people in your community if you try to show up like the athlete in your job. Mm-hmm. And I'm just saying, if you think of it in those terms, it, beca- it can become comical. Or rageful. Or rageful, but it can also be a great conversation to say to your girlfriends, what the hell are you doing? Mm-hmm. What the hell are you doing? I'm being an athlete here. I'm bringing all of me. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? And then you can explain it. I'm bringing all of my personality, not just pieces of me so that you can figure out if you like it or not. Cool. I think it's brilliant. I think it's beautiful. I think it's loving. I think there's kindness in it. There's generosity in it. I think there's just so many qualities that we actually really want 
And I think if you're sitting there listening to this and you think, well, that's not my friend group, then guess what? You do not have a kind, generous group. If you think, oh, no, that's not my family, that's not my work environment, then guess what? You do not have that in your life. I hope that you create it somewhere in your life. Mm -hmm. Because I do realize some people might think, oh, I'm tapping out of this podcast now. You know, my work environment would never allow that. Might not. It might. You might have to initiate it. Might also just highlight why you're unhappy. So it's not that this is to make you want to go in and change everything or change everyone, but it might Mm -hmm. just help you realize where your unhappiness lies Mm -hmm. and where you might want to make your own changes. Mm -hmm. And that perhaps you might be listening to this and think, well, I can't change my work environment right now. But now that I know all of this, I can explore it in other areas of my life or other relationships. Yes. Or now I can have a two-year plan to find a new job. Yeah. Now I can actually do my resume and put it out there and give it to some headhunters or put it on LinkedIn or whatever. And now I have a reason for motivation. And it isn't just a paycheck or how much money I make or what city I'm in or where my boyfriend is moving or my girlfriend is living. But your motivation now can be your health. Because this is also about your mental health. This is your physical health. Mm-hmm. And people don't always see it in that way. We might show up at a doctor's office and say, I'm depressed, and not have your doctor say, So, are you using your intuitiveness? Well, yeah. They're not gonna that's not a that's not a question that's going to be asked. Maybe it's never going to be asked. But we have to know how to ask those questions. Mm -hmm. As we raise our own intelligence, we have to. And if you don't know how to, and you listen to this podcast, then you might think, hmm, this would be good to share with my boyfriend or my partner or my sister or whoever is your person. Mm -hmm. And say, I'd like to move in this direction. I think too, just combining the language experience with what we're talking about, changing changing the conversation, not to stay in the blanket statement of I am depressed, mm-hmm. but pairing it with sips of sanity that happened this month and mm-hmm. saying, I'm angry about this part of my life because mm-hmm. I had expectations or because I am disappointed or because I'm sitting in my shame. And it's not that mm-hmm. I have depression Mm-hmm. It's not that I am depressed. Mm-hmm. It's that I'm having an experience of uncomfortable feelings mm-hmm. because I haven't yet asked the right questions or done the right work. Yeah. Instead of just this blanket acceptance statement. The whole purpose of these shows. The whole purpose, Kelly, of listening to Coffee with the Sarlows and then going to Sips of Sanity and actually getting some work done. I just, I love this. I'm hoping that what people are hearing here is a support system in it, that we're creating a conversation for them that they may not know how to articulate Mm -hmm. so that they can then take it and share it with somebody and say, this is what I've, this is what I've been looking for. Mm -hmm. Didn't even know this is what I've been looking for. Imagine showing up and saying to your partner, Hey, here's, here's a podcast. Please listen to this. Mm -hmm. And could we have a date? Can we can we have a coffee date together? Can we can you we both listen to this and come up with our own points that we want to work on or something that just caught your attention in this? Mm-hmm. And it could be that you think they're going to show up and say, "Yes, let's be better partners." They may not. 
they may show up and go, oh my God, this explains some things to be to me about my own life, my own job, or my own relationships. Thank you. And your relationship does change with them through those changes. What a kind thing to do for another person, eh, Kelly? Mm-hmm. And yourself. Yeah. And I think that's an important thing to note because mm-hmm. we can want to be kind for others. We can think the best thing we can do is be kind for others or to mm-hmm. them. And simultaneously, it has to be for ourselves as well. Absolutely. And, and and we're never going to really value another person's intuitiveness if we don't value our own. Mm-hmm. And we'll never understand the process that they have to go through to figure out their own intuitiveness if we don't try and go through the same process ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll end it for today because sure. I want to talk a lot more about this. Um, so I'd like to do a part two to this show. Okay. And maybe a part three. Who knows? It's your show. Well, I'm hoping that I have enough information and things I want to say, probably for 10 more shows. But what I'm hoping to do is to provide information for people. But we keep saying to listeners, you know, contact us by email at info at bysarlo.com. I have tons of clients, and I know you do, that want information about this, Mm. but don't put it in an email form. Mm -hmm. They They ask it during their sessions, and we say, these are tools you can get on your own time Mm -hmm. that don't need to be channeled from the guides. They're not specific to any one person. Mm -hmm. They're general tools that everyone can benefit from. And this is the point of the show. Oh, please say that again. Maybe they could just hit repeat because I'm really not sure I'm in my body right now. (laughs) Okay. I want to say it again. These are tools that you and I are trying to share with people Mm -hmm. that they can benefit from, but that other people in their lives can benefit from, their partners, their coworkers, everybody. And I said, oh, please say that again, because those tools are for families. Mm -hmm. They are for the whole board of education or all of the CEOs or entire groups. Mm -hmm. And that is the point in this. Yeah, is to make it accessible. Absolutely. Good. Okay. So again, if you're listening um, just on audio, thank you. We we just appreciate that people are interested in listening to what we're doing. Yeah. Um, If you're interested in watching our all of our beautiful facial expressions um, and our interaction with each other, then please find us on Patreon. Um, any mm-hmm. kind of support that you can give us helps us to continue um, making this possible, generating content for you. Um, I edited the first show that you guys probably watched on Patreon uh, on the weekend. It took me five hours, um, and that is five unpaid hours. Yeah. And so I, I want to keep doing this for you guys, um, but that's time away from clients and time away from the, the part-time jobs. Yeah, and you know, Kelly, maybe it's good to explain to people that you put in five hours of the editing time, and I put in many hours of prep time, mm-hmm. and then we have our time to also sit down and go through and do all of the recordings. So one podcast show that they might listen to that's half an hour is literally seven, a, seven to eight hours of prep time between the two of us. Mm-hmm. And so far, since 2016, there has been no compensation. Mm-hmm. Um as much as we enjoy doing it, I know people can understand that if you're thinking that many years and this many shows. 
Well, I think the, the statement time is money is not callous. It's just a oh, fact, yeah. you know, and, and we have to still make a living. So like I said, anything that you can do to support mm-hmm. us helps us um, to continue enjoying doing this mm-hmm. um, and buys us time to be able to do it for you. Yeah. So please find us on Patreon if that's something that interests you. Share us with your friends and family if you think um, if you think they'd like it or they need it. <laughs> Let them make the decision for themselves. Yeah. Um, otherwise, you can find uh, all of the audio on buysarlo.com. And we will talk to you next week. Okay.